Klaus Schwab is a product of that. Klaus Schwab's father was working with the Nazis. And if it was actually, if it was, sorry, if it wasn't for those very courageous Norwegians that sabotaged the heavy water project of the Nazis, we will have a different world today. We are talking about a world that will be led, like in the fictions on TV, by the Nazis that make hypothetical fictions about how the world will be if the Nazis were the winners. Well, they will have been the winners. And it was, for me, I remember very big day, the moment in which I went to this conference of one of those people, one of these old Norwegians who gave his, I mean, who, who risked his life surviving and sabotaging what could have really changed the course of history. So that was something that people don't see about Klaus Schwab, who actually used Jewish labor from the camps your health revolution is one parasite protocol away. Are you ready to reclaim your vitality? Say goodbye to the invaders that have been keeping you sick and embrace a new healthier you. Here's what you can expect when you embark on this transformative journey. Increased energy. Regain the energy to enjoy life's activities from playing with your kids to savoring time with your grandchildren. Stress release. Bid farewell to unexplained anxiety and depression caused by parasites. Experience a drastic improvement in mood and newfound balance. Digestive health. Restore harmony to your digestive system by eliminating parasites. Your gut will thank you with improved well-being. Say goodbye to the unseen culprits affecting your health. It's time for a parasite-free life. Reclaim your energy, release stress, and restore digestive health. Join the revolution today. Learn more and buy today at bravetv.store slash Sarah. Use coupon code Sarah to save even more. Welcome to Business Game Changers. I'm Sarah Westall. I have Leo Zagami joining the program. This has been in the works. I've been trying to get him for a while and we just stopped. We tried probably about four years ago to do this interview and then... Uh, I just never connected with him. COVID happened, so, you know, all that. And then I'm like, I need to get him on. So this is a very eye-opening conversation about the Illuminati. If you really want an eye-opening, you want to buy his books, which you can get at leozagami.com. I have the link below. He has a ton of them. And we're going to be talking about the rituals that go on. But beyond that, it, which he says is kind of trivial, it's what everybody focuses on. It's kind of the glitz and the glamour, but really what's happening behind the scenes, it's more geopolitical. We talk about Putin, we talk about Tucker Carlson, is he a CIA asset? I gotta tell you, I, you know, we just talked at the World Government Summit, which is a World Economic Forum organization, you know, with all the sustainability goals and things. How many people are asked to speak at a summit like that who's really an in, independent journalist that's there challenging the establishment? I mean, I, I don't know, guys. You know, here's a picture of him doing that. So I, I don't know. Maybe he can come out and tell us more. And we talk about his background. And that being said, we dive into all sorts of areas. For my subscribers of Substack, I did an exclusive for you with him, and we're going to be talking about the Bohemian Grove and some other some other topics that he has 
dived into. We also talk about the agenda behind the LGBTQ and how he's seeing that in the Freemason societies and the role of women. And it's a it's a good conversation. In fact, I really liked I almost like that better. So I apologize. I got good there once we decided we're going to put it up on Substack. So go to sarahwestall.substack.com and you can, if you become a paying subscriber, you can see that additional interview clip there. Okay, let's get into my really interesting interview with Leo Zagami. Hi, Leo. Welcome to the program. It's a pleasure being for the first time with you and uh, this new audience that uh, hopefully will appreciate what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, well, you're someone I've been wanting to interview for a while. We tried to before in the past and never could get connected. I'm like, okay, I got to interview this guy. I think people will be impressed with your background. Can you first, before we dive into some pretty intense subjects, can you talk about your background and how you became so familiar with the Illuminati through your family and, you know, your background? Uh, well, I was born in Rome in 1970. My father uh, is... Uh, was a psychiatrist who dealt also with awkward subjects because he was a young Jungian psychiatrist, but at the same time, he was the son of Senator Leopoldo Zagami, who was a very influential politician in Italy, a, um, a Freemason, of course, uh, like many. And uh, my father didn't join the Freemasons, but my grandfather and most of my family before that uh, was always involved with Freemasonry on both my paternal side and my mother's side, which instead is uh, uh, connected to the royal family because uh, my mother, Jessica Lyon uh, Young, is basically the daughter of the cousin of the Queen Mother. So uh, we are... uh, involved in in, in, in in an elitarian let's say background yes. uh, which uh, which helped me understand a lot of things since a young age but also as a maverick both uh, before uh, I started uh, of course uh, my exposure work I worked in the t- entertainment world as a record producer a DJ but also as a journalist um, and as a journalist, uh, I learned uh, from one of the masses of journalism back in Italy, who was Dino D'Arcangelo from La Repubblica back then, especially within the subject, uh, uh, which was entertainment. But not only that, because entertainment can be many things. As I explained in volume eight of my confessions, which is dedicated also to the Illuminati involvement in the world of cinema, music, and so on. However, when you talk about the Illuminati, we have to also be very specific because otherwise people will say this is a conspiracy theory, there's no fundament in it. So I always made clear from volume one of my Confessions of an Illuminati that the Illuminati is not only Adam Bishop's Illuminati, but I... um, put under this umbrella name, let's say, a number of secret societies that have been active since ancient times and that have, uh, of course, uh, in one way or another, um, influenced the course of history. Now, of course, Adam Bishop's Illuminati is the most uh, well-known because he gave himself this name, but there were also other uh, Illuminati even in his time. Uh, For example, the Illuminati of Avignon in France, uh, created by a French monk called Don Pernetti, uh, that was still a very influential secret society at that time, but it's 
maybe less known. And there is also other uh, secret societies that like to be called uh, within their close circle Illuminati. So I think that it's important to first of all define that. My own experience was a direct experience because um, I uh, grew up surrounded by a great uh, family library. My direct experiences, the fact that I was able to travel since a young age, my father's studies and research brought us when I was only six years old in India, Sri Lanka, for many months living in places very exotic, very different, and also with the, the, the connection that my father had to these studies, which uh, this research that he was conducting, which was always aim to unveil something more because in the middle of the 70s he abandoned the classical academic world which he represented as also a disciple and of Carl Gustav Jung but also working for uh, Meyer who was the direct heir of Jung in Switzerland so uh, this was, uh, I mean, I can make, I can sum up uh, like that my background. Uh, then, of course, uh, was made up also of a direct experience because in the early 90s, uh, in 1993, I was initiated in Freemasonry in the Illuminati of the New World Order by a family friend, Prince Ariata di Montereale. You can go and check out his Wikipedia. He was also a senator connected to the Monarchic Party, which basically was also the party that initially. Uh, my grandfather Leopoldo was part of. So um, family connections brought me into this uh, reality from a very early age. I was privileged to uh, be a testimony of this reality, but also around 33, 34, 35 years of age, I started to doubt what I was uh, involved in. And uh, eventually in 2006, in the fall of 2006, I started a blog to expose my previous uh, um, experiences. Of course, that uh, was the first time that an actual member of this kind of secret societies that are not accessible to anyone published not only names, but also places, location, dates, uh, and documents. And, and that uh, brought me very quickly to accusation of espionage in Norway, which was dropped only uh, in 2010. But I went through, of course, uh, the hideous experience of having everything confiscated, everything frozen, and uh, and also without any means for surviving. So I was forced eventually, after 15 years of living abroad, because I had left Italy in 1994, 1994, for me was a year in which the first republic in Italy fall, and there was the second republic, and there was uh, Italy was in turmoil, especially the Masonic world in which I had been just initiated. So I decided to leave Italy. I was regularized under the United Grand Lodge of England for a brief period. Then I got initiated in various other secret societies in England, also in Norway. And uh, I participated, uh, like I said, in this, uh, in what you refer to often as the New World Order. So that is my direct experience. But I was also... A journalist and so at one point I understood that uh, that what I was seeing was wrong and 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 what I was siding with was wrong so as a journalist I decided to start putting aside certain documents certain uh, images that could eventually later on prove that I was part of all this because these are very secretive environments but when I came out in the public with uh, with all this initially with a blog 
uh, on Squarespace that was soon censored because Squarespace, after two months, the guy who created Squarespace sent me a personal mail saying that they could no longer carry on my uh, my site. Uh, and, and now, of course, Squarespace is a big company, billions and all that, uh, making their ads on the Super Bowl and all that. But at the time, it was a small company. And so I was, uh, uh, that coincided also with uh, a visit by the Norwegian uh, intelligence services uh, that threatened me very much directly with uh, uh, what used to be also my first wife. And they threatened to take our children to, to basically uh, my child and also her previous uh, child from a previous marriage. So it was a very direct threat that they gave. But I didn't give up. And so I went on with my revelations. Eventually, I would lose, unfortunately, the possibility of ever seeing my child again because they convinced uh, my uh, my first wife to, to side with them. Uh, promises of money, of course, comfort and riches. It's, uh, it's very easy then to, to get corrupted if you're not uh, a person, of course, of sound morals. And so I, I was uh, betrayed and I ended up uh, in trouble. And that led me to the accusation of espionage, which uh, was eventually dropped by the PST, uh, Norwegian PST in uh, 2010. But in those years, then I, I was forced to go back to Italy, which was a country that, of course, uh, is the home of uh, the Vatican. And, and, and I, as I started also being very critical of the Vatican, being in Italy wasn't really easy. But uh, soon after, I was approached also by a Vatican representative who said, listen, uh, if you don't publish any books here, if you don't make any noise here, you, you can carry on. And we can actually even give you money and, and, and make you a response. So I refused of that. I had already published from 2009, thanks to what became after my uh, my second wife, uh, my uh, first books in the Japanese language, as she used to work in Japan. We went to Tokyo. I met there the former representative of Forbes, and I wrote with with him a few books. I started my, my career basically as a writer uh, back then in Japan. And then... Uh, like I said, in 2012, though, I started to publish in Italian. And that was the beginning of my troubles there in Italy that ended up with me having to flee the country uh, in uh, seven years later, in 2019, because uh, the, the laws that are in Italy, they are very strict on journalists and on authors. Whatever you write, uh, it's also a criminal offense, and you can end up in jail for what you write. So it's not only a lawsuit I was facing. And for that reason, I had to flee that country. And I'm now residing in the United States of America. Well, our freedom of speech is so precious. Although, you know, that's how we can actually confront these evils that we're dealing with. You did some pretty good uh, disclosures over the years that, you know, you worked with Infowars on the, I think, the Bohemian Grove and some of those things. Well, I, I uh, in Go 2015, ahead. Alex, uh, who actually for a number of years uh, 
had, had been quite critical of my work, uh, uh, came to apologize with me in Rome uh, and uh, to produce a documentary together based on the Vatican. Um, the Possession of the Vatican Exposed was basically a documentary we created in the summer of 2015, when we also came together to decide uh, if we were to support or not Donald J. Trump. And when we decided to support Donald J. Trump, both me and Alex, I created, uh, together with other important Italian politicians, uh, an organization uh, called Italians for Trump, which was a very original and very unique organization, the only organization that supported Donald J. Trump from his primary, so not even from his election as president, onwards in a foreign country. With, later on, also the support of the Italian-American community here in America. We had the connections directly with the big organizations of the Italian-American community here. And so it became a very interesting situation, but also a very dangerous one for me, because in Italy, those leftists never forgive me. Uh, however, uh, when there was the, the, the Donald J. Trump took his oath of office, uh, we were the only organization in the world, and you can go and check out in the newspapers. And in fact, we were featured on all the major newspapers that organized a major event in front of the American embassy and also in front of the Italian parliament in a beautiful beautiful uh, palace uh, which uh, guested uh, all the VIPs of Italy and uh, we created uh, uh, like I said, uh, uh, also an event that was uh, heard of and spoken of even by people like Steve Bannon, uh, who, who who were basically uh, very adamant in saying that the support of Donald J. Trump was not only in America, but was worldwide. However, this was a very unique, I repeat, uh, experience uh, and also a very unique organization that was put together in Italy. Um, Italians for Trump no longer, I think, to my knowledge, uh, uh, is active uh, because then of course nowadays we are in a completely different situation i had to flee the country the people that were uh, working with me one of them became a european union parliament representative antonio maria rinaldi and the other one at the moment i don't think is uh, particularly active but uh, um, i think that the point of it all was that uh, for me to see how corrupt was the world of politics. I had been, uh, of course, my grandfather was a senator, but I got involved directly with Italian politics in 2013 in their election. I was a candidate for Berlusconi. I didn't win, of course. I didn't exceed the parliament uh, due to a lot of corruption that I faced myself uh, and, and within the parties, uh, even of Berlusconi. And then later on, I participated to the Pitchfork Revolution, which was almost like the farmers, what they're doing today in Europe. And some, in fact, some of the representatives are the same. And uh, um, I got in trouble because they didn't like that a guy as prominent as me from a good family and everything was actually participating with the farmers and the people from, uh, you know, yeah, the, 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 the peasants. peasants, as the aristocrats would say in the old days. And uh, I was siding with them and that was didn't go so well. So they, they came to me, they locked me up, they broke my door like they did with um, Roger Stone. And, and in fact... 
Roger knows this very well because he, he even himself has said that uh, at one point uh, he was forbidden to be in contact with me. So the, the, the situation got very heated in Italy for me and I eventually left. Uh, these days uh, I still have um, a channel on Bandot Video thanks to Alex Jones, but it's becoming increasingly difficult to put my work through even in Infowars on Infowars because there is of course a lot of pressure to keep me silent on certain topics. Experience the groundbreaking advancements of Leela's quantum technology, now backed by over 40 placebo-controlled studies conducted by elite institutions and renowned universities worldwide. This revolutionary technology surpasses previous achievements, as confirmed by prestigious organizations such as the Emoto Institute in Japan. Scientific investigations reveal that Leela's technology not only enhances blood health and circulation, but also neutralizes the adverse effects of electromagnetic fields, expedites wound healing, and elevates ATP production in human cells. Embrace the extraordinary benefits of Leela's tech as recognized and utilized by world-class athletes, esteemed functional medicine practitioners, and leading figures in the field of biohacking. Explore a range of transformative products from the heel capsule, shielding you from harmful EMFs, to the quantum block, allowing you to infuse frequencies into your cherished possessions. Dive into the realm of innovation and wellness at sarahwestall.com shop or by following the link below. Well, I want to talk about that because it seems that a lot of these people that you're talking about have weirdly, um, okay, I want to talk about the World Government Organization. I want to talk about Tucker Carlson, who spoke at this, which was a, clearly a UN globalist organization okay, in Dubai. The- yeah, go well, ahead. The- and then I want to tie it back into some of these people that you brought up. But can you talk a little bit about Tucker Carlson? What the heck is with him and this world government? Okay, uh, the world yeah. government uh, summit, uh, strategic partners uh, are basically another uh, outlet of the World Economic Forum. In fact, they were That's right. co-founded with Klaus Schwab. Um, in my book, Volume Nine of my Confessions, which I have here, and it's basically uh, a book which I suggest uh, you read. Uh, if you want to start reading my books, because you don't have to read the the, the ones before that. Uh, Both volume eight and volume nine, you can read separately from all the others. So in this book in particular, I dedicated a whole space to the World Government Summit, uh, the creation by Sheikh Mohammed bin Rashid Al Maktoum and Mohammed Al Gharawi that have started this new project for the New World Order around 10 years ago. And uh, I explained how it started uh, basically uh, in 2015, I think. Uh, they, they changed their name, actually, because they already started, but then they changed their name. And it is, of course, uh, an outlet of the, of the New World Order. However, I, I've seen Tucker's uh, interview uh, done by an Arab uh, uh, journalist uh, present there at the uh, at this world government summit, and I can share some. I mean, some of what the uh, things that he said are quite uh, um, okay for me. I mean, his own experience of Moscow, a city which I have visited uh, probably over twenty or thirty times myself. I lost count how many times I visited Moscow because I used to work in Russia a lot. 
And I think that what he said is actually true. I mean, the fact that there is no longer American cities that look like that, uh, that's completely true. That's a city that is very clean, very nice, starting from, of course, the legendary underground made out of marble and all nice. But it's not only that. It's a city where you don't have crime because you have crime here in America because you have a political party that is in bed with gangsters, hookers, drug dealers. I mean, when they do their parties, Barack Hussein Obama is basically a pimp. So, I mean, this is what you have in America. When If we don't remove all that from our cities and from our culture here in America, we will be in great trouble. But just like Tucker said, I'm an American. I'm soon going to be an American myself. And so I understand also the, 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 that it was quite controversial, the fact that he went to, uh, to what is, uh, at least in theory, uh, a enemy country uh, of some kind. Even if that happened because of us, because of our own doing, I had said this a long time ago, on Infowars, and I wrote it in a series of articles and in my books, especially in Volume 9, I explained how the Ukrainian identity was artificially created in the last two centuries thanks to a number of secret societies, which I list in my book. So it's not like the Illuminati. It's a number of secret society names, surnames, dates. That is how you make journalism. And so um, I respected my past, which is, of course, something that will not go away. It's a past in which I was involved with these people myself. But I also respect the decisions I made in my past. And one of them was to reject having an office in the United Nations, which was offered to me by Commandante George Hugo Balestrieri in 2006. So, I mean, not anybody gets offered an office in the United Nations headquarters in New York. I was offered that, and I refused that. And nowadays, I have to deal with <laughs> selling my books and trying to get yeah. an outlet that uh, maybe will uh, um, accept uh, an honest conversation like you are doing today, which is uh, very refreshing for me. But okay, so- having said that, Tucker is a very suspicious character from the start because his father was part of Project Mockingbird, basically. Now, regardless uh, of whatever anybody can say, you know, you are always connected to your own father, even myself. Uh, I'm, in a way, a product of my father's work. So the same can be said for Tucker. Um, Now, Tucker, of course, wanted to join the CIA, but he didn't manage to join the CIA or did... Putin say that simply to signal to him that he knew that he had joined, but without exposing right. it. That is possible. Uh, I, I guess that's, that's my my that's outcome it. of that. Not to interrupt you, but my outcome of that is that Putin was trying to tell the world that he's part of the CIA. And there's multiple times he said that when the North Stream pipeline was bombed, he said, you bombed the CIA, you know, you bombed it. And then he said, the CIA bombed it. But we have to to understand how Putin talks. uh, I know. Yeah. He could be doing a PSYOP too, but go ahead. I had the opportunity myself to be very close to Putin and to his entourage. (laughs) And uh, I, I met him at least two times uh, didn't have a conversation with him we simply met in public uh, i mean once in a restaurant the other time it was uh, him uh, passing with his uh, entourage in his car stopping and we were i was in the car with one of his close friends so he basically stopped to say hi nothing more but having said that and knowing a lot about russia uh, 
it's also possible that Tucker hasn't joined the CIA and that that interview was actually granted because he's not in the CIA. And so we have to be honest that there is two possibilities here and that they are equally plausible, but at the same time, we can never know the truth. Um, but we can know the truth about his father. And one thing interesting about what he said at the World Government Summit was a little thing he said about the fact his father used to work for the government and he was at one point also stationed in Moscow so the thing is this uh, the father officially was a journalist but at the same time it seems like maybe he was something more and uh, of course, uh, uh, he didn't say that Voice of America was simply an outlet of journalism. He said he was working for the government. He said that in the interview. So this is an admission. Uh, but of course, uh, like I said, uh, Tucker can be a maverick. I'm myself a maverick uh, with most of my family considering me me actually at times dangerous for them. Uh, I had to face that over and over again. That's why I live as far as possible from them on the other side of the world, a little bit like Prince Harry does. Uh, but but that is uh, that is uh, what happens when when you have a family which maybe is so involved in certain things. So yeah, but do, but he what person what independent journalist that's bucking the establishment gets invitation to the the world government summit now that is very uh, something a bit uh, let's say suspicious uh, to say the least because like i said it's uh, connected to the world economic forum um, is connected to the Illuminati of today that like to see themselves as the philosopher kings uh, of this new millennium and uh, when I say philosopher kings, I go back to the Greek philosopher Plato, uh, and, 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 and I go back to these global elites that uh, are, uh, in a way, trying to rule uh, with, the, 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 with the idea that they are, in, in any way, they are superior to the masses. So the fact that the attacker who wants to be a man of the people goes and mingle with those people there is not a positive thing. I mean, he could at least tell us now when he comes back from it, uh, something about it. I mean, it can be at least critical about it because there's a lot to be critical about the, uh, the, the, the organization that has been put up by uh, these sheikhs with the help of Klaus Schwab. I mean, Klaus Schwab is not just a simple guy. Klaus Schwab, uh, and in 2018, the World Government Summit was dedicated to global AI governance forum highlights. I mean, they were already dedicated to the artificial intelligence takeover that they are aiding and they're hoping will pass through in the next few years so for a complete takeover in the year 2030. Now this is of course stuff which I explained especially in my book starting from volume 6.66 then volume 7 which also talk about the occult roots of the great reset meaning which are the occult roots of Klaus Schwab. Where does his World Economic Forum come from. So then we have to explain 
the club of Rome, which inspired him. We have to explain the red bishop, uh, so-called red bishop, uh, who was his friend and who he invited in 1974, I think, in Davos, uh, to bless a very controversial uh, figure, which uh, uh, basically I talk about here in the last chapter of volume seven. I mean, there is also a cool connection with the Illuminati. We are talking about the real Illuminati, meaning the ones connected to Adam Weishaupt. We are talking about Switzerland, Germany, and Austria. These three places are really the key to understand. If you want to understand the order of the Illuminati and Weishaupt and its legacy, you have to go in its birthplace and you have to go in surrounding areas. So uh, Klaus Schwab comes from there. Klaus Schwab is a product of that. Klaus Schwab's uh, father uh, was working with the Nazis. And if it was actually, if it was, sorry, if it wasn't for those very courageous Norwegians that sabotaged the heavy water project of the Nazis, we will have a different world today. We are talking about a world that will be led, like in the fictions on TV, by the Nazis <laughs> that make hypothetical fictions about how the world will be if the Nazis were the winners. Well, they will have been the winners. And it was, uh, for me, I remember very big day, the moment in which I went to this conference of one of those people, uh, one of these old Norwegians uh, who uh, gave his, uh, I mean, who, who risked his life survi surviving and sabotaging what could have really changed the course of history. So that was uh, something that people don't see about Klaus Schwab, who actually used Jewish labor from the camps. I mean, his father, he was just born. I mean, he's uh, born in 1938. So he was just born when Adolf Hitler started the war. But uh, his father was heavily involved. And his family was involved with the, the company that he represented until the 60s, when he himself, though, facilitated the nukes for Israel and for South Africa. Meaning, like I explained in Volume 7, that he has influenced the course of history to this day. I mean, who can say to me that putting the nukes in Israel hasn't influenced the course of history. I mean, we're talking about making Israel a nuclear power in the middle of an area surrounded by all those Muslims uh, of, uh, of various factions that, of course, uh, are now fighting over and over again Israel. But this also is a result of what was made by the Illuminati in Europe. The English, the French, nothing to do with uh, uh, those Muslim countries that from the beginning have been manipulated. I mean, from the beginning, I'm talking about going back a thousand years. So yes. then you have to study all the various factions of Islam. At the moment, uh, we know that the two main factions, the Shiite and the Sunni, are divided in Sunni working for the West, Shiite working for the for, for Russia and China. So this is now the new game. However, it's only a game because it's a game of destroying, conquering, sabotaging, and basically getting a whole area of the world instable so they can use it for money and making profits with the military industrial complex. When people ask me, why is Nikki Haley still bothering to be in a race? Because she has already a job at uh, uh, Lockheed Martin for her when she finishes this whole theater she's doing. She knows exactly she will never be ever elected. She knows that in one year from now, she will not even be in politics. But she will get a big paycheck 
from the media industrial complex. Yeah, her job is to d- just antagonize and put stuff out there and try to hurt Trump along the way. That's what it looks like. But <laughs> let's go back to a little bit about this independent media. You have a journalism background, so you're seeing yeah. all these mainstream media people, Tucker being the most famous, uh, coming out as if they suddenly had a change but of not, heart. But it's not, this is not news. I mean, this is not a novelty because since the 70s, we know about Project Mockingbird, Operation yep. Mockingbird, and basically the CIA being embedded with journalists so they could uh, provide them constantly with uh, with news to report on. Uh, it's obvious that, that then in that way, you are not really an investigative journalist. You are just uh, a tool who picks up uh, very easily information that they provide for him. At times, you don't even write anything because they write a ghostwriter from the intelligence, writes everything for you, gives you the articles, and goes to press and put your name. I mean, that is very easy. It's not journalism. And it is, of course, damaging a real journalist, which I personally think that at the moment are very scarce, very rare. Very scarce. You're right. So... Tucker's uh, thing of going there and doing this interview, uh, regardless of all uh, the presumptions that we can have, uh, still uh, has a positive impact in the world of journalism because it shows that uh, if you want to really uh, make journalism well you have to go out of your way and you have to go and interview the protagonists of this time regardless of their uh, political or religious background. That's this, right. uh, this is valid not only for Putin, but it's valid for Kim Jong-un, for anybody in the world. These people, I mean, who has interviewed lately Kim Jong-un? Now, I, for example, worked, I wrote two books with Princess Kaoruna Kamaru, who is also a journalist, who is also somebody who knew the family of Kim Jong-un, the grandfather. She was the only one present there in the 1970s, I remember by chance, and she became uh, the journalist of the year by simply reporting on what was going on in the transition between the death of one family member to the other in the dictatorship of North Korea. And, and, and that was incredible journalism. And then she interviewed Gaddafi, she interviewed this and this other, and many journalists have done the same things. But a lot of them have done it uh, with genuine intentions. Uh, a lot more, I think, have always done it uh, under the directive of the CIA or their local intelligence agency, which operates together with the CIA. And so in the end, uh, it's uh, like basically sending a spy in the home of somebody and report. Now, uh, my impression on Tucker sincerely is that I hope, at least, Really, I hope that it's genuine because uh, I don't think really that they will have let an agent inside the Kremlin this way because it is uh, very secretive, very delicate what goes on there. They don't like to have anybody seeing how the whole place is set up, also for security reasons. So the fact that he even had later on a private conversation, which we are not made uh, we don't know anything about his private conversation, which he has confirmed at the World Summit. So here I think of Tucker in two ways. Either he is being used by Klaus Schwab as an emissary to Putin, which has demonstrated in his chess game that he has won and is there with his you know, checkmate. So what are you going to do now? 
Yeah, I just wonder. I, I just, an average West person. Is panicking. Go ahead. West is panicking. We don't know what to do. Okay, let's send this guy, Tucker Carson, to see if we can work out a deal behind the scenes. Yeah, I think I think there was part of that. That's what I, I don't know. But there are some positives negotiating and dealing with this Ukraine issue, getting people to realize that real journalism takes conversations. I, I think all of that is true. There's a lot of positives. But, you know, we've been snowed and lied to. Tucker has pointed out in a couple of uh, both uh, the summit as well as in the interview, the will to have a diplomatic engagement of some kind. It was kind of uh, visible that he was having also diplomatic engagement. That's that right. doesn't mean that it does work for the CA full time. But no. uh, you, you might be become a diplomatic tool in a moment of uh, uh, great tension in which we are risking a nuclear confrontation. Uh, these kind of things can be done. That's right. But a normal and a normal independent journalist who I always say your past behavior is the best indicator of your future but, behavior. Uh, normal independent journalist that doesn't exist when they come with a gun on your head and they say we're going to kill your family. And oh, you that's right. That's right. It's like you're right. But an independent journalist that truly is doing good journalism has doesn't have the kind of access that Tucker has. And and so I just question that. And and you also aren't invited to speak at the World Government Summit. That is. And on top of that, uh, he represents uh, also Elon Musk, uh, which is very important to understand that, uh, because there was an important question made and also received and explained very well by Vladimir Putin, who talked about his intention to, in some way, uh, ratify a treaty on artificial intelligence, or at least to work around the control of this genie that is coming out, and that might not be, I mean, might really put uh, in jeopardy the whole mankind, regardless of whatever differences we have as humans, uh, because that is really the great thing that we're facing today. It's not uh, a particular confrontation between uh, Tsar Putin and idiot Biden with his nappy or, or some other guy in China who uh, basically is a dictator for life like Xi Jinping or many others. It's obvious here that democracy as we intended in the West has no antidote against those people. If they have an antidote, that antidote will have been eventually a constitutional monarchy of some kind like Great Britain, but the Windsors are too weak to take any position at the moment of relevance. Uh, I'm talking here about the fact that the uh, uh, Illuminati, the first thing they want is to destroy the monarchies. And when we talk destroy the monarchies, we intend also destroying the Tsar and its important empire, which had over a thousand years of history that were very well explained by Vladimir Putin in his history lesson. Now, uh, Tucker, during the summit interview, said that, you know, I tried to ask him and start uh, about Ukraine, but then he gave me this thing of half an hour with the history lesson. The not understanding of Tucker, that at that point he was no longer a journalist. He was put in a situation in front of a geopolitical player that is playing with you, and you are just a tool. That's a journalist right. is a tool, regardless of his independency, of whatever state he's living on. I mean, he can, you know, maybe be 
uh, a communist, uh, a conservative, a right wing, this and that. But in the end, you have an American passport, you have to respect uh, the, the value of this passport and what it represents. When I'm, I'm taking very seriously this because when I take my American passport uh, soon, I will renounce formally to the Italian passport. Now, a lot of people play with double citizenship. I will never do something like that because I take very seriously uh, becoming American. I could have become Russian equal. It would not have been very difficult for me. It would have taken a phone call. But I decided to become American. And so I would like to provide my services to America in full. And that, of course, in the future might, of course, uh, take uh, uh, any kind of turn, including diplomatic, uh, political, whatever. But having said that, I'm not just coming from Italy and then coming here. You know, I'm coming here to become American. And Leo Zagami, becoming American for me is an important thing. And I think that Tucker, every time he replied also at the summit that he has an American passport and he is American, well, that is the answer. Okay, well, one more last thing on Tucker. Uh, he was a VIP at Comet Ping Pong or Pizza, what was it, Comet Pizza or Comet Ping Pong, where they had the pizza gate scenario. And as you know, there's a lot of um, pedophilia and pedophile rings in Washington, D.C., and you know quite well the human trafficking and everything goes on. How would someone like him have a VIP membership to a place like that if they didn't at least know what was going on? Doesn't mean I, that it doesn't no, mean he was I mean, involved, but it sure no, means that he knows. Go yeah, ahead. I, you know, I've been exposing pedophilia cases, uh, and, and 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 actually, uh, long before the Spitzagate thing ever came into uh, into the media, alternative media mostly, because in the end, uh, you know, the Spitzagate needs to have uh, some further evidence to actually be fully verifiable. It's That's not a secret, though, that uh, in Washington, there is a lot of people involved in pedophilia, not only pedophilia. What has come recently out with both the testimony of George Santos and other people on simply people using the premises to have orgies left, right, and centers. We have even witnessed an homosexual uh, taking it, uh, whatever, uh, in front of a camera. I mean, that is and uh, uh, that is done in 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 what is a sacred chamber of our country and that the, the, the punishment for that should be death in my eyes personally because that is uh, like you know putting uh, in the most sacred chamber in which we are discussing the laws of this country we're talking about the senate or the uh, chamber of the these are not places that where you should have that kind of thing. I was outraged myself when 10 years ago, uh, when I was 11 years ago now, when I was participating to the elections, I discovered that in the Italian parliament, they were doing the same thing. And I was really outraged. And what I saw also uh, from members of the parliament, you know, snorting cocaine, just coming out of the parliament, doing things like in front of the guard. I mean, things that were really outrageous that made me realize once again, this happened in Italy, but, uh, you know... It could happen here too. We know that all of them are blackmailable. So we That's have right. 500 people here that are blackmailable, basically. We have uh, uh, representatives of our country who can be easily taken out simply by a note that says, you were with this prostitute seven days ago, you were with this and that. And this happens because here in America, unfortunately, 
you discuss this kind of business. If you go in Russia, they say, what? The answer will not come from the other person. So what do you think, you know, when I look at your channel on YouTube or YouTube, really, there's always a disclaimer about the Illuminati, like it was a past organization, it no longer exists, all this other crap. Because what what happened was this, historically, the Illuminati was born in 1776. Historically, the same Illuminati of Adam Veshat in the 1780s were soon after exposed and they were eliminated as such. But also... Those who have studied the Illuminati knows that Adam Bishop made plans and said, from now on, we take on different names. From that moment onwards, uh, one of his disciples created the League of the Just, which then published later on Karl uh, Marx Manifesto. Another went on and did another thing with uh, the, 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 what became then the Carbonari for the unification of it. And, and then further on, we arrived to 1848, which I described in, in volume nine of my confessions, in in which 1848 was the year in which Europe was in, in, in that moment in the hands of the Illuminati and, you, and revolutions were sparking up left, right and center to destroy the monarchies because the Illuminati first thing was to destroy the monarchies because they were the protectors of religion and then destroy the religion. So uh, the, 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 that, that's the, been the big problem here. In 1776, uh, the Illuminati, of course, were born, as you know, but they were not as powerful immediately, but already generated waves in a short time within the Masonic world. The Masonic world, in a time in which there was no internet, no phone, no telegram, was a world in which from a lodge to another, emissaries could transmit information very quickly. So then you will have George Washington, then you will have Thomas Jefferson, maybe uh, intercepting something. uh, And then you will have basically the decision that was done to have a republic on which we stand rather than a monarchy. Fine. Let's go back, though, to the problem that we're having today. This system against an autocracy is very difficult that can prevail. And so we are left into the hands of a falling ship, sinking ship, which we know that the only one that could eventually save this ship in the eyes of the Christians should be the Messiah. But then if the Messiah comes in his terms, he will be probably derided by the majority of people. So then what we have here is a situation of a sinking ship because China and Russia are autocracies. Basically, what they told me in Russia from my own research is that they have already reacquired all the knowledge and they want to reacquire the possessions of the Russian Empire and nobilitate the six million millionaires they have in Russia, who are basically at that point nobilitated and become what they used to be before the Russian Revolution. If we don't uh, coexist and understand history, then you see the limits of Tucker Carlson. Tiger Carson might have been somebody who studied history, like Putin pointed out, but then his limits came out on his kind of very superficial journalistic approach. If you've been paying attention, you know the global economy is transforming. The BRICS nations want to see the end of the dollar reserve currency, and many countries are joining their effort. 
The Western banking system is the most fragile it's been since 2008. The highly respected Weiss Research Group accurately provided advance warning on which banks are going to fail with 99.3% accuracy after the 2008 crisis. They are now predicting that a whopping 4,243 banks are vulnerable to failure and 1,210 of those banks face imminent failure. When this situation comes to pass, it will dwarf the 2008 banking crisis. The only asset that has historically weathered a storm this severe has been precious metals. It has never been a better time to buy gold and silver to protect your family. Contact Miles Franklin at info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me and you will get the best service and the best prices on gold and silver in the country. That is a guarantee from them to me. Remember, info at milesfranklin.com. Tell them Sarah sent me. Do this now to protect your assets and the ones you love. When two statesmen meet together, they meet in the Illuminati with a game of chess in which everybody knows, okay, you sign this treaty, you sign this treaty, you sign this treaty, and you sign this treaty. Are you going to respect this treaty? And the treaty was signed, and Ukraine was said in Yalta to never be touched. Why did you touch that treaty? So everything has to be done in a very pragmatic way when it comes to states, statehood. And if we have a bunch of, uh, uh, rewind, pimps, whores, drug addicts, and Obama freaks at the White House, that's it. We don't need to even... Think about the consequences of your actions. It's like putting on the, it's like going on the Titanic in front of the iceberg and basically having on the command room those people all on cocaine. All yeah, it's like for, it's bringing a bunch of idiots to run the country who have no, they're just not serious. Not serious and generating damages that will take years to repair. That's right. So, that is really the big problem here. And Trump, of course, hopefully comes in very soon. But uh, Trump himself, of course, uh, is threatened. His life is threatened. He is a good chess player in what he's doing. And that's he has the respect of all the statesmen in the world because he's playing the, the last card. He's uh, playing his own money. He's playing his own uh, everything because he could end up in jail, the alternative. So we like the person that risks his life. That is a real statesman. The other one is bullshit. Well, that's right. I mean, if you're going to genuinely risk your life and deal with all this stuff, then that brings you a certain amount of respect, no matter what. Okay, well, you've also covered some pretty interesting things like, um, well, you've recently covered the Super Bowl, you've covered the Bohemian Grove, all these things. When you look at what you see in the media with the Super Bowl or, uh, you know, what is it that you're seeing? What messages are you seeing and how are they trying to manipulate the average person? Well, I tried to explain uh, the how... This whole entertainment uh, variety slash sports world uh, coexists with the military industrial complex and the whole news world in my book, volume eight uh, of my confessions, because it's very important to understand that uh, everything that we have generated around us is artificial and has been created by people for a specific reason. And uh, when you're talking about Panem and Chirchen, it's, it's, uh, you say bread and circus, the Latin uh, uh, say. So it's uh, 
very simple to define what the Super Bowl is today. It is a big psyop, uh, and, and and of course uh, everybody falls for it, uh, or at least the masses fall for it. While the rich and powerful make more money and also manipulate more people. Now we had the most incredible, demented uh, halftime uh, Joe Biden next to bags of chips, candies, and all kinds of things, which he then criticizes on one hand, saying shrinkflation, but in the other hand, he makes occult ads by including only those companies which are all connected to him in some way, and that, of course, will pay some kind of cash to his campaign. Wow, Oreos, this and that, and all the other. And you think that those companies... uh, have just appeared there. And one moment of the ad of Joe Biden, you see this whole, and he said, I'm like you. I like this. This stuff is garbage. Everything that is proposed in that ad is basically garbage that will bring you sooner rather than later to the creator. So, I mean, it's, of course, the American way to eat a lot of this junk food while you're watching sports and enjoying life. And you're free to do that. But it's just like smoking a cigarette or doing something else. So you you, you should not really encourage uh, that kind of situation. Uh, and so I don't see Vladimir Putin next to bags of chips, Coke, uh, soda, sorry, and all kinds of rubbish, whatever, maybe, what was it, a Gatorade? I don't know. It was a lot of garbage. And, uh, and this old man who nowadays doesn't want to face an interview half time, it just brings you some more propaganda goes on TikTok, which he has previously banned, and launches his campaign on TikTok. Uh, I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. I mean, guys, uh, the, the, I mean, we, we let the grown-ups back in the control room. Otherwise, the, 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 otherwise, I mean, it's basically not like the, the ship is on, only sinking. We actually have a glacier in front of us, uh, and uh, we might really end up crashing. And so that means the end of the ship. Uh, now, I hope that this doesn't happen because as I'm aiming to be an American for a long time, as long as, as my life lasts in this incarnation, I hope that this country lasts. But we're talking about the United States of America, in which half of the country is brainwashed by a party which has values that are anti-American. So either we radically change that and immediately stop this and say, guys, this is too much. You know, everything that's going on in your university, in your cultural system is all wrong. We need to reprogram the whole thing. And we need also to face the real problems of today, which are instead artificial intelligence takeover. And we need to grow up and deal with the real problems. Keep yeah. going. Yes. So, I mean, that is really what we have to go and do. Instead, the problem here, and that's why we go back to what I said, the autocracies win respect to our republic, uh, constitutional republic. Why? Because every four years, we give the possibility of new people to replace the people who might have even done a good job. Uh, and, uh, And that is a problem, because the autocracy, it's projecting on the long term. Putin was there 20 years ago when I used to visit Russia, he's there now, and uh, he will be there probably in 10 or 20 years. 
He's more uh, like a dictator, though, right? I mean, because no, how does he get is, into so that? Problems, Go ahead. I know, but do you think that the control room of a ship can be controlled by a democracy when we are facing a sinking ship? Well, then I let I let you go back into the room because that will mean, just as an allegory, it will be like uh, in the control room uh, of a ship which is sinking, they're having an election to decide who has to keep it. Come on, guys, you're joking. The problems that we're facing in the long run here are the future of mankind, the, exist the extinction of mankind. So I think that that... Uh, it completely wipes off all the other questions. Well, I think that those people who are engaging still in these fallacious democracies that we have today, unfortunately, uh, have to remember that the American Constitution is the most perfect constitution in the world, but it has to be respected. And at the same time, the people who are in charge have to be ethically and morally sound Otherwise, it doesn't have a validity. Uh, and, and unfortunately, most of those people who these days we send to Washington, on the contrary of Trump, who has made his money working, doing other jobs, and he has made his billions, those people, most of the time, don't have never had a job. They maybe have become lawyers for a couple of years or whatever, then they get into politics and they end up in Washington. Yeah, they don't understand what it means to actually make a living. Most of those guys, just like university professors, I taught at the University of Minnesota at the Carlson School. So many of those professors never actually ran a business. They just got a degree, got a PhD, and they're teaching people how to run a business. It's so ridiculous. And and so it's the same with our politics. It's a, That's why universities are such a problem. Universities are a problem. You see that I at uh, whatever university, what was it, Yale, or uh, I don't remember, Harvard, actually, there was a woman that was basically plagiarizing and, and began to become in charge of the whole university. And then she had to resign, but uh, not only because of what she said, of course, uh, not uh, not defending the Jews, but also regarding the whole thing over plagiarism. I mean, here we're talking about people who are getting the job simply for the color of the skin. I mean, when Martin Luther King said that we shouldn't be judged uh, in a way by the color of the skin, because he himself was, of course, an activist and even a Freemason. But the problem is uh, the Freemasons of the past compared to the ones in the present is a completely different ballgame. I refuse to go to lodges here in California because they are uh, fueled with the occultist, Satanist, uh, uh, Muslim propagandist, all kinds of progressive. You cannot even go with a MAGA hat, they probably kick you out of the lodge. This is basically what we have today in Freemasonry in a state like California that reflects, of course, the whole population of California, which uh, where I live, which is starting to change because we have seen the great reactions uh, when Trump came here in LA and stuff uh, with really great reactions from the public. And this was, let's not forget, Nixon, Reagan. I mean, it had always been a very important state for, for, for conservatives. But they have rigged the system here. And it's very difficult to unrig it when you have rhinos rigging it, when you have a whole system of the GOP that is basically here. It should be replaced 99%. So... It's almost impossible for the honest person to do his job and go and represent the people of his county or whatever. 
It's impossible. Well, let's talk about the Vatican, because when you get to the corporation, the United States corporation, and you dig deep and you do the research behind mm -hmm. that, all of our debts, from what I'm learning, and I could be wrong, but from what I'm learning, all of our debts actually go back to the Vatican. Yes. The United States doesn't own this debt. The that, that is another problem here. We have uh, the second Catholic president of the history of the United States that is flooding the country with more Catholics to generate not only vote for the Democratic Party, but also money for the church, which they belong to, which is the Catholic Church. People don't understand that the Catholic Church is calculating that invasion in money they will receive in their dioceses. It's a, it's a dioceses that basically have gone bankrupt because of their pedophilia. So how are they going to replace that money? So they are flooding with all these uh, immigrants, and then they keep in their dioceses like with a strong hand, and then they vampirize all the cash. So Rome and the Vatican, apart from controlling uh, uh, the politicians through secret societies, which uh, we find in universities. For example, there is a Jesuit secret society, very active. I talk about it also in my books, uh, that uh, uh, the husband of Nancy Pelosi was part of uh, in one... Uh, in, uh, Georgetown, it's like the, the, the place where the secret societies of the Jesuits are placed, their headquarters. And, and so we see that the whole of the Illuminati network and the Jesuits work hand in hand and they have always worked hand in hand. The Illuminati are simply agents of the Jesuits. So the Jesuits though, working then themselves with the Sabbatian Frankists, which are the representatives of the banking system, the Rothschilds of the situation, but many others also. So the element, the heretic element within Judaism, which is criticized by the Jews and the Orthodox Jews, but it is unfortunately making of Judaism more and more a progressive stronghold because we have more and more synagogues which are turning into that progressive side of Judaism, which is pushed by the Sabbatean Frankists. So this is what's happening here. This is a conflict which is happening in Catholicism, in Judaism. In Catholicism, we have lost the, lost the conflict because we have a Jesuit uh, Pope, which basically is not only embracing the Second Vatican Council and everything that was created within it, but at the same time, he is expanding on it. So for the first time in history, we have a Jesuit Pope. We never had a Jesuit Pope before for a reason. The Jesuits are a military order that almost 500 years ago, they were created in, originally in Paris in 1530, and then in the Vatican, actually, they signed in a place I know very well called Tivoli, uh, this uh, initial document which gave birth to Ignazio Loyola's order. But these people were military, so in their minds it was conquest. So instead of going and uh, preaching the gospel around these monks, uh, they were not really monks, they were Jesuits, so they were in a category of their own, were sent to Japan, India, China, to conquer the minds, drive, control, uh, and regain influence. And what they did is amazing because, I mean, <laughs> in that time, uh, you had uh, really... America didn't exist. And they were already uh, dealing with the power of China, becoming advisors to the emperor, uh, trying to infiltrate Japan, having a lot of problems in Japan. There's been also a movie recently made out of that. 
because Japan was not stupid in any way, shape or form. And so they, they understood the Jesuits were a threat. But then the Jesuits became uh, very powerful in Asia. And then later on, of course, with the, con with the conquest of South America from Spaniards and, 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 and Portuguese, which are Catholic countries that were basically working hand in hand with the Jesuits, that became a Jesuit stronghold. So today, when we hear about a, a problem at the border, is the Center America mentality, Jesuit uh, uh, NGOs and so on, which are actively working to send these people in caravans into America. So it's not uh, like uh, this is an invasion, which is at the, at the head of this invasion, there is a Pope who is in Rome. And, and nobody seems to, to make one plus one is two in this. Uh, and we have a president. Is Catholic, the second in history. That's it. What you need more? The well, first president uh, who is referred to as JFK being this great president, uh, mostly because he gave a speech for the secret society against the secret society, which I understand, and it was a great speech. But and he, he was, was killed also, right after that, but yeah. But, but he was also wiretapping for the first time journalists. So that just to give an idea of what journalism was into, from that moment there was Project Mockingbird took over with, uh, off with him. Not with other presidents. Did he? Did he start that? Are you trying? Yes. To, are you saying he? Okay. Well, one thing that I said, and I'm not sure if you've done research on this, and this is fair, um, that the debt is owned by the Vatican, not by the United States. Have you done any research in that area? What? Sorry, can you repeat the, the United States debt? The ah, okay. corporation comes, debt, okay. not the government debt, but the corporate debt is owned by the Vatican. Now, the Vatican, as you know, was very much involved even with the traffic of slavery here in the United States. In fact, they are still now trying to uh, apologize in some way and all the rest. But uh, we are talking about a country that has great Jesuit influence, left, right and center here in the United States, both in the original colonies that gave birth to the 13 colonies, both uh, also here in California, which was uh, previously Mexico, for example, and that has inherited within also its legal juridical system a lot of what was instituted by Jesuit-run schools. So uh, the Jesuits uh, are ruling because they rule the most influential legal schools. So they are the lawmakers rather than the lawmakers, if, I, if you don't understand what I mean. Uh, yeah, I understand it, but I think it it's bigger than that in the sense of who owns the financial situ situation. The financial situation yeah. is always an illusion because there are treaties and things that uh, can be always broken or ownership over things that can be always broken or changed. It's obvious that the Vatican has a lot of power in, 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 in owning people from the start uh, with the right of baptism, which describes them within a system which became becomes then sovereign to the Catholic Church. But having said that, the U.S. debt or the initial thing is controlled and it was linked to England because England and Great Britain in general was the natural uh, element where then the United States came from. That's, I mean, the foundations of the United States. Uh, the United States was created, but uh, let's also for, uh, forget uh, what what happened with uh, with uh, America is a construction of something that rebelled also to Jesuitry for a period, but was quickly after 
infiltrated by, Je uh, by Jesuitry. So some even ascribe the killing of uh, Abraham Lincoln to Jesuits. In yeah, I've form. heard some. Yeah, I've heard some Jesuit conspiracy. Yeah. Okay, so the Jesuits have worked hand in hand with certain forms of Freemasonry. Uh, the Jesuits from 1780, from the 17 early 1780s, were kicked out of the Vatican until basically the death of Napoleon, and then they managed to get back into the Vatican. But there was a period of time in which this order was protected by none other than Orthodox Russia. This shows you that things are very versatile in the land uh, of, of, of religious uh, uh, things, because we are talking about the Catholic order was defending the Pope, and suddenly they found themselves under the protection of the Tsar of Russia, in exchange of nominating the general uh, as a Russian general in exchange, a Russian general, because the general is the head of the Jesuit. So, this, uh, you know, it would be like the head of the Jesuits today, which is Sosa, a friend of uh, Pope Francis, uh, is another South American, a Venezuelan, will suddenly be kicked out of the Vatican, and then Vladimir Putin says, come here and we give you a protection. And it happened. So so we have to understand this, uh, these things that happen within history. I personally don't know if there is any documents that uh, could verify the U.S. national debt or anything that it is of that kind. But I'm sure that if they exist, they exist in the Vatican archives, all kinds of documents pertaining also with the very early stages of uh, the United States, uh, uh, because here we had a country which was new, but at the same time we had the religious institutions that were taking care of education, Catholic religious institutions that were very, very well versed in propaganda. I mean, when I heard that Jesuits actively participate in the creation of an LGBTQ secret society in Harvard, it seems a bit scandalous to me, no? Well, I, there's obviously a big agenda behind the LGBTQ. No, no, but it's just I mean, so that, that, clear. Yeah, the fact that they even need a secret society so they can manipulate and maybe be present a little bit like the Skull and Bones. You know, the Skull and Bones used to be a very conservative outlet, and now since 2021, there is no 15 members, none of the 15 members who are conservatives. They are all progressives. Well, I think. Yeah, it's gone way too far. Okay, well, I want to talk for my Substack yeah. subscribers. I want to talk about the Bohemian Grove a little bit because I know you've dug into that quite a bit. What's the best place for people to follow you, Lizagami. buy your books? Instagram.com uh, is basically my website and the place where you find the links to all my books, my latest books at least. Uh, otherwise, go on Amazon and just put Lil Zagami. But uh, for my latest books, uh, go on lilzagami.com because I always tend to update regularly the site with articles uh, that uh, are uh, at least relevant to, to, to the subjects that we have discussed today. And thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs>